Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Today is one of those rare days we get to lead the show off with some urgent breaking news. Welcome into Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. You won't hear Richard again until Tuesday because we'll be off Monday. Celebr- Are you sure it's Tuesday? It might be Wednesday. Yeah, it could be Wednesday. I mean, I don't think he knows. Maybe he thinks it's Saturday. By the That's way, why he's not here. Hold on. We're off Monday? Did I just break news to you? Yeah, I had no idea. Yes. Yes, we will be off. All right, then. Company holiday and whatnot. We will be off on Monday. But like I said, again, I'm Michael Borg. He's Brian Haydad. We got to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Breaking news hit my mailbox three different times, and probably hate ads and everybody else, and blew up on social media. We found out today that the Egg Bowl's going to be on Thanksgiving. I was, I, I was really trying to get nervous. Like, what did I miss? Nothing. I'm so confused. So in case you guys have been living under a rock or, you know, actually doing your job all day, a big release happened earlier today. Big release. Again, I got three different emails about it. One from Ole Miss, one from State, one from uh, CBS. I, I don't know. One of the sports, college football, national publications. The Egg Bowl is going to be played on Thanksgiving, ESPN, 630. Yeah. We, we know. Right? At least I thought. I, I thought so, yeah. Reading from Mississippi State's website today, literally today, quote, in 2023, the Thanksgiving turkey will once again come with a side of egg. Again, we knew this. The SEC announced Thursday that this year's battle for the golden egg between Mississippi State and Ole Miss will once again be contested in prime time on Thanksgiving night at Davis Wade Stadium. It is set to be televised by ESPN at 630 Central time. Didn't we know that? So this is like what I'm trying to figure out, right? If you had said yesterday, hey, Dad, when's the Egg Bowl? And do you know what time kickoff is? I would have said Thanksgiving at 630. I thought we knew this. And apparently we didn't. Apparently we got Mandela affected on this one. It was just something that we thought was true that wasn't. 
But now it is true. So you know we're 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 back to normal. I saw this coming out. I saw the graphics being tweeted. I'm just like, I knew that. Yeah, we all. I did. knew this game was on Thanksgiving, and I. I mean, maybe I didn't know for sure that it was at six thirty, but. It's certainly not going to be at 11 a.m. going up against Lions and whoever they're playing. It never has been. It's always a night kickoff. Maybe it's yeah. six. Maybe it's six thirty. Lot of lot of lot of fuss being made about something. I figure 95 percent of the people who care already got, could have told you. I mean, we did a full 10 minute segment on this show discussing the opponents before the Egg Bowl and the the benefit for Ole Miss playing Louisiana Monroe on the short week before the Thursday Egg Bowl and the con for Mississippi State having to play Southern Miss on the short week before the Egg Bowl. That was like six weeks ago when we did that. I guess uh, taking some liberties out. But yeah, the release came out today. The Egg Bowl is going to be played on Thanksgiving. 6.30 ESPN, as you probably already knew. For what it's worth, here are the NFL games that day. You probably knew this as well, but just a a refresher. Uh, Packers-Lions at 11.30. A little bit more juice on that one because of Detroit. I mean, what a statement that is. That game's more interesting because of Detroit and not because of Green Bay. Commanders at Cowboys, so if you're a State fan, you'll get a nice dose of Dak before the Egg Bowl. And then uh, 49ers-Seahawks. At 7.20, so that's the head-to-head game. The end of the Cowboys game, which not good for the start of the Egg Bowl. And then you have 49ers Seahawks. So you've made your spiel before. The debate, again, has been resurfaced here. It has. It always has. Make your case. You like Thanksgiving Egg Bowls. There's been just over 30 in the 119 playings of this rivalry. On Thanksgiving night, you like it. Why? Well, I'm just a selfish person. Let's just be totally honest. <laughs> I just, I just doesn't bother me. I, I like it because I live in Starkville. I'm going to go to the game, and that means that Saturday, I, I just enjoy college football. The the Saturday afterwards, you know, I get up, I prepare, I start working on my Thanksgiving dinner. I feel like people get too locked in to it's got to be on Thursday. Like, you can have turkey on Saturday. It's just as good. It's just as delicious. All the fixings are, are so good. You know, most people who are off on Thursday, they're off on Saturday, too. So, and I get to just sit there and enjoy Michigan-Ohio State. I get to enjoy the Iron Bowl. I get to enjoy all the other rivalry games. And I'm not just sitting there, like, stressing over the Egg Bowl. And then I don't have to go to the game, because I've already been. So... Just for me, as I, I mean, all of my motivations—I'll totally admit to them—purely selfish in my in, for me. You know, I, I know that the exposure thing isn't real, and not at least it's not anymore. Um, this, traditionally, I mean, yeah, you mentioned it's been played thirty times, but this is a series that's been played a hundred times plus. So it's not like it's an every year kind of thing. But just for me, I like it on Thanksgiving. Got the poll out there on Twitter as well. Uh, Egg Bowl, uh, Thanksgiving Egg Bowls. Love them, hate them. Let us know on the text line, 601-879-4395. Would love for you to be a part of the show. Jeff, by the way, says, thanks for being nice, but Mississippi State isn't going to have any issue with Southern Miss. And and no, I mean, 
Mississippi State will be a multi-score favorite in that game if you ask me what the line would be in May. But I do think playing Southern Miss is different than playing Louisiana Monroe for an in-state school. It is different. And Southern Miss is just better than Louisiana Monroe. Defensively, they're going to be quite good again. um, And they'll be motivated. Yeah, very motivated. A lot of, why didn't you recruit me on that sideline? And that matters. I mean, that that impacts people. So it's it's a game that you know I feel like it'll be like the last two games. You know, the, the, when they restarted the series, the first game that was a, not a great USM team and State dominated them. Uh, but the last two games have been competitive through the first half, and then State the, the the talent differential just takes over, and State ends up pulling away there late. Probably going to be the same thing this year. You know, they've got a superstar running back at USM and Frank Gore Jr. They've got a good defense. They'll, they'll make it interesting for a couple quarters, and then I would imagine. And, and that's not a slight to Southern Miss. State could be playing any Sun Belt team in this situation, and I would probably tell you the exact same thing. If they if they were a good enough Sun Belt team, that they could make it interesting for a couple quarters, but then State should pull away. We should record that and see if that's exactly spot on. After, uh, of course, we recorded it. Everything we say is recorded, but but <laughs> cut that. We do have it on on, th- yeah, and save it. Because I, you know, I mean, if you tell me at the half it's like twenty to fourteen state, and then it finishes thirty-eight to twenty state, that's about right. Forbes intercepts Dak. We get on the text line prior to the Egg Bowl kickoff. Random take. Yeah, I mean that entirely hope possible. On, hope it's on the jumbotron. Yeah, that would uh, would be quite funny. Um, hot sauce in Madison. All right. What's up, neighbor? He says, I agree that emotionally charged game can just get out of the way by Friday morning. You can either start the letdown or have a sense of accomplishment on that Friday. I like it that way, too. Adam Monticello says, love the Egg Ball on Thanksgiving. Gives me, as a state fan and my brother, an old Miss fan, something to bicker about while eating. Yeah, but you get Trump and DeSantis this year. So who needs the Egg Ball? You can just, you can really make Thanksgiving a lot of fun. Yes. I know people that ban that they, they 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 will ban the current president's name, the vice president's mm-hmm. name, the most popular mm-hmm. name of the other side if it's an election year yeah. or, or getting close. Um this year they're they're adding things like woke and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, I I mean whoever these people are, I'm in favor. And they will ban it all because most of the family leans one way, but there's a couple of there's like a there's like a daughter. Well, there's a daughter-in-law that that is very vocal in her disagreement with her, the family that she married into's beliefs all the time. And so they decided after she arrived, we're just not bringing it up anymore. It's it's just not happening. We That's are smart done. business. Yes. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't get mad. It's another good reason the egg ball's done. If you got state and Ole Miss people in the same house, the game's over. There'll be a little good-natured smack at the beginning, and then it, you move on to Turkey. Adam said he'd rather chew on his toes than talk about presidential elections at Thanksgiving. Me too, brother. Go. Me too. Somebody said that they uh, they just verbally screamed no. Oh man, like the egg bowl, like the egg bowl on Thanksgiving. However, it's hard to enjoy my meal because of the sinking pit of worry and fear that's in my stomach leading up. To the game, we'll talk about this. Do it a little on bit Saturday. More. Yeah, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Uh, we got a couple of other game times and announcements as well. We'll get to when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi 
on a kind of hot, but really nice, at least where I sit, Thursday, or if you're Richard, Wednesday afternoon. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Very mellow. Like it. Probably not the best intro song for a sports radio show, but it, no, I mean, the Cranberries are great. It really reminds me of like senior, and this will date me, but like senior year of high school, just hanging out and having a beer and just Cranberries on in the background. Good times. Sounds like a great time. It was. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Sports Talk Mississippi. We, shout outs aren't really our thing, but I feel like we can make an exception for this. It says we're avid listeners of the show. Sure. Would appreciate a shout out to the Division Three Bellhaven Lady Blazers softball team playing the Super Regionals in Rome, Georgia tomorrow. Good luck out there. Saw the billboards around town. That was really cool uh, as well. Uh, lived in the neighborhood. It's just a, a beautiful little campus and uh, also really cool logos and color scheme. If you're looking, yeah, there are some people that love wearing like small college gear. I'm one of them. I don't have enough of it. Uh, good stuff there. Bellhaven's doing a lot of right. It's a cool neighborhood, cool town, uh, or cool campus, I should say. And obviously playing really good softball right now. So uh, congrats on the success so far and good luck out there. And uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it for sure. Southern Miss about to start baseball, by the way, here soon, as we've talked about many times. We'll get to regional projections at some point this afternoon. Feels like the closer we get to selection Sunday, Monday, whatever, Southern Miss has got to win this thing if they're going to host. A lot of things are going to chalk right now, which is not good for them. Now, of course, it's only Thursday, can change over the weekend, but it feels like they've got to win uh, the entire thing, of course, starting with today. Got the poll out there for the Thanksgiving Egg Bowls. I, I will say, you know, Hey Dad likes it for the reasons he does. I like it, or I don't like it for the reasons I do. And neither of us are ever going to change our mind because that's it's a subjective thing, right? It's emotional. And you're never going to change anybody's mind. We have this debate all the time, multiple times a year, every year, and nobody's ever going to change their mind. You either love it or you hate it. I don't like it because my family's scattered all over, and I would much rather spend that time with family as opposed to having to watch a football game. And, you know, there are people that are beholden to that day, or I, I've got friends that are in families that don't all care about the Egg Bowl. It's really only him and a couple of others, and it kind of ruins the day. And that's an important holiday for a lot of people, especially when you don't get to see your family as much as others do. So that's why I don't like it. It's just a personal preference. I would love, I would rather it be on Saturday. The exposure uh, argument has kind of been taken away, though. If you like it on Thursday because yeah. of the increased exposure, it's not really the case anymore. Uh, the NFL's kind of ruined that by adding that third game. Now, luckily this year, 
it's those two West Coast teams we mentioned. So maybe your average football fan that usually gravitates towards the NFL is like, yeah, it's Seahawks-Niners. Let me check out the college football game. A few years ago when it was Saints-Falcons, that was the worst thing that could have happened to the Egg Bowl. Because your yes. average sports fan in the Southeast is going to watch Saints-Falcons over the Egg Bowl. Yes. So this yes. year it caught a break there. But the hard and number... There were those of us who had to miss Saints-Falcons because they were at the Egg Bowl. I was double-TVing it, and I confused a lot of people with my tweets. I, bet, I, yeah. I got an angry DM that was like, why are you getting excited? I thought you are supposed to be media. I was like, dude, I'm talking about the Saints here. <laughs> like, Shy Tuttle just stiff-armed Matt Ryan through the turf. Yeah, that was that game. That yeah, was that right. game. Uh, but last year, the year 2022, the Egg Bowl on Rivalry Weekend was the 15th most watched game of the weekend. Number 15. Some of the games that beat it. Kansas, Kansas State. Washington, mm-hmm. Washington State. UCLA, Cal, Arkansas, Missouri, NC State, North Carolina, Iowa State, TCU. Now, of course, some of the others that make sense, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida, Florida State, Notre Dame, USC, the Iron Bowl, even LSU, Texas A&M makes sense because LSU won the West and, you know, big brand, stuff like that. But when you've got UCLA, Cal in front of you by well over a million, just over a million people, the exposure idea is kind of thrown out the window. Silly. Silly, yeah. And it may not make much of a difference. Like, you may draw the same number on a Saturday. Yeah. But but you're not adding any audience on Thanksgiving anymore. Just just looking at that game, right? Let's just say two seven and four teams playing each other, right? When is that game getting played? You know, it's not Florida, right. Florida State. Well, Florida State's going to be a top ten team probably. Yeah. Um, it's probably it's probably you know got more cachet than Tennessee Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt's going to be. I mean, sorry, Tennessee's going to be ranked. Kentucky Louisville doesn't have the same cachet. Kentucky Louisville is probably 11 a.m. Georgia Georgia Tech. I mean, Georgia might be the number one team in the nation. They'll probably be on ABC at 11 a.m. I don't know where it depends on where that game's being played. I guess. I mean, you're probably looking at your and they always you know at nine o'clock the night game is always LSU Texas A&M. That's going to be the case. So I mean, you're probably maybe 3 p.m. So you're on, you know, it, on the SEC network around the Iron Bowl. I mean, you're hidden. You're hidden in plain right. sight. Yeah. So even I think it would be a wash. I don't know if moving it to Saturday would really increase anything. It, it would make it more convenient no. for some people like me, but I don't think it would change anything in terms of exposure. But Thursday doesn't add anything anymore. Thanks to Roger Goodell's greed. And by the way, the aforementioned uh, Arkansas and Missouri, they're not going to get that treatment anymore either. So so they drew a million more people than than the Egg Bowl, but they were the only football game on. The NFL has decided to take Black Friday too. So they're going to get the same treatment, and they're going to come back down uh, as well because Roger Goodell... Uh, in his infinite greed, which is what the owners want him to have, has decided, right. I'm taking that day, too. Another thing to consider is in all this is that next year, Texas-Texas A&M is going to get a big slot, right? That might go back to Thanksgiving. It was on Thanksgiving for a long time when, when that game was being played. Could totally see that being the Thanksgiving game, and State Ole Miss may go back to Saturday. So we'll see. 
Mike makes a, a good point, and last year is a good example. He said, Thanksgiving itself is not the issue for me. He said, it's just another Thursday. My problem is, playing on any Thursday, unless you are coming off of a bye, it puts both teams at a disadvantage. And, and look at who Ole Miss played versus who Mississippi State played before the Egg Bowl last year. I, yeah. I mean, that, that sure had to have mattered. But, yeah. To some degree, anyway. Oh, yeah. It, well, I mean, to some degree, for sure, but... I mean, state 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 had Rodgers and the starters into like early third quarter, so it's not like they just sat them the whole game. Right. But at the same time, yes, I mean, Ole Miss not only had to keep their starters in for most of the game, but played a physical team that that beat them up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go back and watch that game again, Arkansas was mashing them most of that game, and and also from a ment- mentality standpoint, you know, you just get you get beat up like that, you lose that badly. It, it, take, it hits your confidence a little bit. So, yeah, the the, the scheduling last year was a problem. This year, it, it's ULM, right? And isn't that who Ole Miss has? Yes, ULM. Yeah, at least the teams are on equal footing, right? They're both playing a home game against a Sunbelt team. We, we get this message. Why doesn't the Egg Bowl play uh, on Black Friday? And Because there are already college football games on that day anyway. And... As this, this guy points out, you'd have what that's probably like the state semifinals or the or the North State and South State finals across the state. I mean, you got high school kids. You're not going to do that. Not not in the South. Not not here. Ole Miss excuses excuses. We lost the week before. BS. I that is not why Ole Miss lost the game. So they lost the game because Lane Kiffin was distracted because he was going to Auburn. They lost the game because specifically. They were really poor in the red zone. I mean, that that would be my answer. And, of course, Mississippi State has something to, to say about that as well. But, yeah. no, that I don't know what you heard, but it's not 17 that. tackles for loss is why they lost that game. They got demolished run the up front. Yeah. I mean, Judkins yeah. was, for, for him anyway, Mississippi State shut him down as much as you could shut him down. I think, what, he'd have 91 yards, but it was like four per carry. I mean, really kept him in check. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, that's, no. You are hearing things, or deciding what you want to hear, I guess, because playing Arkansas was not why Ole Miss lost the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss lost the Egg Bowl because they lost the Egg Bowl. Just, if you had to choose before that game, who would you rather play? It would not be Arkansas. It would not be Arkansas in Fayetteville. It would be Louisiana Monroe at home. That's that's the deal. Again, we did get a couple more... Uh, game time announcements. We'll get to those when we come back. And we officially got that SEC game that happens on Thursday, the first Thursday. You know you're going to get yeah. one. We've been waiting to see who it is. We now know who that is. We'll tell you who when we come back. Teddy Cahill going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. And the wait is finally over. And, guys, tomorrow we're in double digits away from the the second Saturday of college football, if you really want to get technical. But 100 teams in 100 days will start in one hour from right now. Sports Talk Mississippi. More college football when we come back. Communication system is a go. Go! This, this is... Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. 
Borky and Brian Haydad with you stumbled upon something. Because we got that announcement today, the obscure SEC game that they put on the SEC network that they make poor Tom Hart, who had a, uh, a slip last night, a, a rough one, on uh, the late-night baseball game on the SEC network. It happens to everybody, and that, that, was, a, that was a tough one. But he and Cole Kublik are going to have to make oof, South Dakota at Missouri interesting while there are other more fun games going on. I always feel for them during those assignments. They get a lot of good games during the year, but the early season, they get they get the shaft more often than not. And there's another one. But during uh, looking into that, made the discovery that I, there was a release. We just missed it. Somehow... Florida at Utah is the opening Thursday night of college football. Yeah. They've been doing that. They did it last year, didn't they? They did with Pitt and West Virginia. That's got the, right. Yeah. Uh, you got, got that week one Thursday game that has some a little juice to it. That's a good one. That'll be on, I guess, on ABC, you know, because that's a, a, a Pac-12 uh, home game. And I don't think it'll don't be know, Fox you know, because Nebraska-Minnesota is also that night. Can't be Fox, right? They don't have Pac-12, do no. they? No. I don't think so. Pac-12 is ABC and ESPN. That's yes. where Pac-12 After Dark is. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be, I bet, that'll be on ABC, probably an 8 o'clock kickoff. And then they haven't announced. I'm sure somebody else is trying. They're trying to work them to move them to uh, to Thursday. So that night, the opening Thursday of college football, we get Nebraska at Minnesota, which at least is something, right? It's brands that you recognize anyway. Matt Rule's mm-hmm. first game, Flex done a nice job. And then Utah hosting Florida. And what feels like a critical game, and in, in Billy Napier's 14th game as the Florida head coach, feels like yeah. that is critical. Got to win. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that that's... It's the greatest sport, guys. There's always drama. There's always a story to be told. Always. And then NC State's at UConn, which... (laughs) Check the score. See if it gets close there for a little while. Hawaii, by the way, a weird start. Just very random. So, week zero, August 26th. That's when Vanderbilt hosts Hawaii, the return trip few other games. Navy, Notre Dame, that's the one in Dublin that day. Hawaii's going to mm-hmm. turn around, play Vanderbilt, and then play on the next Friday hosting Stanford. Why not? You don't get people watching. If you're Hawaii, you got to do what you got to do to make money. All right, that, that program is barely afloat. Yeah, and then the... Uh, man, speaking of the college football game, because I know you guys talked about it the video game that's coming back out like shaped my mm-hmm. childhood hawaii was the small yeah. program i always chose to to build up and make a national <laughs> powerhouse playing at aloha stadium yeah why not but they don't even play anymore they play at some little crappy field now because yeah, aloha stadium has been it. condemned yeah Oof. what a great i'm telling you, you you've got some of these guys that that are that have been non-factors at big schools. You've seen it from both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Guys that have been there for a few years that just do not get on the field. They just don't play. Mm-hmm. And they hit the portal because they want to go play somewhere, right? 
I would call Hawaii. I wouldn't wait for them to call me. I would say, hey, hey, I've been in the SEC for three years. Physically, I'm good. Like, I'm in good shape. Yeah. You got a scholarship? I'll come play linebacker for you. Hang out on the beach after practice. That would have been a good setup. That would be a good situation for most for most players. You think they could get some portal talent? You would think so. But I guess it's a question of like, they, I, they, I've always been told like they're so super selective with who they let visit because you only get so many visits you can pay for, right? Oh yeah. And so like if they, if they were just like to open it up, everybody would want to visit Hawaii. Like they only visit people who are like, look, if you come out here, you, you better be dang sure that you know you're legitimate in your interest with us. Yeah. Mike said he's ready for his Hawaii trip. Uh, according to Mike, there's some uh, rumor mill out there that Ole Miss will be playing baseball at Hawaii in really? the near future. In the very near future. At a cool-looking ballpark, by the way, out there. But uh, that's a heck of a trip uh, to go play baseball. Uh, if you got to take five official visits, they're going to expand that, mm. by the way. Let, let, let's make recruiting even more chaotic, guys. Good call. You can take five official visits. You are a five-star prospect, so you can visit whoever you want to. You get five of them. Mm-hmm. What are your five? We're going to do four that are legit. Like These are places I would go, right? So, And we're assuming I'm not like Brian Haydad, the grow-up of Mississippi State Bulldog, and that's where I Right. Am. You are I'm just a five-star a prospect kid. from Atlanta, but you so, don't even care about Georgia. That's just where you grew up. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Alabama. For sure. I'm going to go to Georgia. I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to go to Florida State. And then for fun, I'm going to go to Arizona State. Yeah, buddy. You should consider Arizona State. That's a good call. Yeah, Yeah. Texas would be my first after reading the article about how much money they spent whining and dining Arch Manning and like two other prospects on one weekend. What was it, like $285,000 on one weekend for like three kids? What on earth cost $285,000? I need to know. They got got the sides. They got all the sides. (laughs) The sides did cure cancer. Sides, Jordan? (laughs) T&E. T&E. Official visit to USC would have to be on the list. That's a good one. That's a good choice. So, uh, I forget what his name is. A, a Georgia transfer to USC shared a video of his new apartment in downtown yeah, Los Angeles. My gosh, man. Mm-hmm. But at that point, this is going to sound goofy. Because living at a high-rise apartment in downtown LA for free probably has some perks. You're not in college at that point, though. You're not a college right. football player if you're living in an apartment in downtown Los Angeles. Like, I enjoyed being in college. You know, small town, it was just all your buddies, like, well, right down maybe the street, that you know? The, he's been at Georgia the last couple of years. He's done that. He's ready to, like, you know, have his space at this point. So, man, that's the only thing you can think of. Yeah. But, hey, if I was a recruit, it's I, not. I would figure out the five schools that would pay me the most. And I would get yeah. them to bid against themselves, and I would take the highest offer, and that's where I'd go. N- n- need to send it's some smart money. business. Need to send some money home to the family, you know. If there's any anything yeah. left on on dad's mortgage balance, I'd like to pay that off, you know. 
for everything he's done go. for me. That's what I would do. That's not asking a lot if you're a five star. It's not asking a ton. There are five stars that that would. Yeah, there's one at Tennessee, for example. That. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not even going to play this year. That still baffles me. There you go. The the millions of dollars for a player that's not going to play. You know what I mean? I get. So whatever Florida State paid Keon Coleman, depends on who you want to believe, it's a few hundred thousand dollars, depending on who you want to believe. There are people that are reporting that he took less than his asking price because he loved Mike Norvell. Give me a break. He had an asking price. He started a bidding war. And then at the end of that, he decided to take a lot less, like hundreds of thousands of dollars less because he just loved Mike Norvell. Stop. But at least he's going to play, you know? If you're a few hundred thousand dollars into a wide receiver, that feels steep. But he's going to start and he's going to play and they need him. That makes sense. Seven and a half million dollars for a quarterback that you're not going to play has never and will never make sense to me. Like, even high school players. I have no idea about this individual situation. I have no idea what he got, what he didn't get, what was offered. I have no idea. But let's pretend that Suntarian Perkins got an amount of money that would bother some people. They expect him to play. Like he's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna be on the team, and they're gonna use him. That's worth something. Lama yeah. at Tennessee with seven and a half million dollars in the bank. He's gonna hold a clipboard, watch Joe Milton play, maybe get in when. Oh, I had the helmet schedule. I closed it when. Furman comes to town. Great. And that booster sitting up in his box is going to realize that he wrote a check for that kid and he's only taken 10 more snaps than he is. Eh. It's an investment in the future. Yeah. That you get no return on. That's got to be one of those things where you're like, all right, now your first year we're going to give you X. And then it'll be X times three the next year if you're actually playing. they got to figure out some ways. That's why, you know, we keep reading articles about how money is down this year, because the boosters were like, wait a minute, what did I do? Yeah. I screwed up. It's like the phone call on the hangover. I can't say the word, but it's like, <laughs> we messed up. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's what's going on right now. Yeah. 608-7943-95. We'll turn the conversation to baseball here in about 15 minutes from right now with uh, Teddy Cahill. But we got a few of your texts. We'll get to those when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to the back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. By the way, I got a pair of genteel pants recently. They're the most comfortable work pants I have ever worn in my life. And by work pants, I mean like office setting. Most comfortable. I mean, they are unbelievable. I'm going to wear them regardless of what I'm about to say. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. 
they're in locations all over the South. I mean, even further than that, I'm seeing genteel everywhere in Mississippi, and my dad told me that he's seeing it everywhere in South Carolina. So they're growing, and they're growing fast, and you should get on the train. Genteelapparel.com is the website. They've got everything you need. Shorts, pants, the aforementioned pants that are so comfortable, golf shorts, T-shirts, and the collegiate collection. So, hey, baseball season's over, at least for Ole Miss and State anyway. Football season's coming. You want to get your Ole Miss and State game day polo from Genteel, especially when it's hot. They are so light but yet durable at the same time. They look nice, comfortable, Genteel apparel. Dot com. Few messages. Jimbo says, I liked it better when schools cheated in recruiting. That's a sentiment shared by a lot of people uh, nowadays. What good is the NCAA now? Darren says, what is an infraction? Basically nothing. And Tyler says, I get the percentages play in favor of success for five-star kids, but man, they could still be a bust. A couple hundred grand is still baffling to me. Because well, their, their success rate's 50-50 in terms of like being an impact yeah. player that can go to the NFL. And two things. First off, to Darren, as I said to him, like, when has the NCAA ever been worth anything? What are we talking about? Is it not good now? It's, when was it ever good? Yeah. But two, and to, to answer Tyler, it's just like any other investment, right? When you buy stock, you don't know that that's going to, to take off. When you invest in a, a small business, you don't know that business is, you know, it's an investment. It's a risk. It's a gamble. You know, you just have to hope that, that it pans out. The only difference in this situation is that if it does pan out, it's not like you, you make your money back or get a profit. This you, have, you almost have to look at it as you know spending money on a hobby. Now, I don't know a lot of people who want to spend six figures on their hobbies, but there are some out there. You know, There are people who, who do that, and there are some people who's like, look, I love college football. I love my university. I've got this money to spend. I'm going to spend it. Do I think it's the wisest thing in the world? No. It's not my money either. So... <laughs> No, it is uh, it is not. 6 year one 4395 We'll turn the conversation to baseball next. So here's what we're going to do for the, the, the 4 o'clock hour. Start with Teddy Cahill. Talk about Southern Miss, hosting chances, stuff like that. We will also look at some regional projections. Then we'll turn the page to 100 teams in 100 days. And then the college football fix is coming. Which, I came up with the question, and I think I like it. Uh, we'll see. But really excited for uh, for the rest of the show. I'm glad that you guys are with us currently. Have you watched any SEC tournament at all? Like sat down and watched any of it? Ha! Not a pitch. Me either. Oh. I, I like when the hockey game ended last night, which we got the closest thing to a walk-off goal like that you can have in a sport like that. That That is timed, you know? The, the, the Panthers and the Hurricanes were tied... And the Panthers scored the series-winning goal with three seconds left in the third period. That ended the game. It was awesome. Really cool scene there in Sunrise, Florida, not Miami. So the Florida Panthers are moving on in the hockey championship because nothing makes sense. And I think they'll play Vegas, right? Has Vegas clinched that? They they beat Dallas and swept too, didn't they're, they? It's three. They're up. They're up three nil. Three nil. So yeah, they they need they they play again tonight, and they can clinch it tonight in Dallas. So we will have in the hockey league that features a bunch of teams from Canada and New England, where the champion will be determined between Las Vegas and Miami. 
America. Uh, I mean, could you imagine Miami being versus somebody Vegas in and, and, Yeah. Going to have, have double finals down in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, the Heat can close it out. I think that's that's tomorrow night, I believe. I think so. No, that's not. It should be tonight. No, it should it, be tonight. Because last night, yeah. Yeah. Last night would have been uh, game five, but you know. I'll be watching you know. hockey. And definitely not the SEC yeah. tournament because I don't care. I, I don't. No, care. I don't. I don't. And, and then let's be totally honest, right? Like, you know, I wouldn't watch a whole lot of it if State and Ole Miss were still playing. You know, especially if State was still playing, I'd watch the State games. But I, I, you know, I do not. I just can't get fired up to watch Auburn versus Vanderbilt. I don't care, especially Vanderbilt. By the way, the SEC. I'm gonna punch you the next time I see you. The 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 SEC tracking the whistler and tweeting that out like it's funny. You should be ashamed of yourselves. All right, this man is a terrorist. All right, there was a tweet going around that he had died, and the overwhelming re- response to that was relief, was happiness. It was like when Scrooge died in a Christmas Carol. Everybody was like, "Oh, thank God." That's how hated this man is, and you're gonna you're gonna give him positive publicity like he's a good thing. Shame, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Whoever whoever tweeted that and thought it was a good idea should be fired. They should. And, and yes, I know hockey overtimes are sudden death. I'm, I meant regular play. Sorry. It's a cool moment though. Teddy Cahill when we come back. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on this Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday if you're Richard Cross. But we appreciate you being a part of the show nonetheless. As you guys know, we're not in Hoover. Usually would be this time of year, but we are not for obvious reasons. Teddy Cahill, though, of Baseball America, joining us right now live from the Met in Hoover. Teddy, we appreciate your time, although it is bizarre that we're not sharing the same locale this week. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different without uh, without you guys here, without any of the Mississippi schools here. But uh, the, the beat goes on here in Hoover. It looks like it, and and we even got a weather delay. Now we've got de- uh, some debate anyway over should it be moved to uh, the dome in Arlington. What, what's your stance on that? By the way, you're there right now. There's been that discourse of they should play in a place with a dome. What do you think? So I understand the desire to dome this thing um you know this week has actually been pretty good it's just been that one day and the rest of the weather has been great but like i it it gets hot here it rains here like all of that is true uh i also understand the centrality uh look look argument for it uh you know it it gets great crowds here the place like really embraces it and everything so i uh i guess i'm kind of on leave it in hoover but if you do want to put it in a dome i would much rather go to houston than arlington i just the ballpark in Arlington is so big, and it would just—it's cavernous, and like I, I think everything would just get lost in there. Um, so I, I am—I'm not an Arlington proponent, but uh, you know we'll, we'll have to see what happens when the contract comes up. Teddy, as you're looking around here at the SEC tournament and all the other postseason tournaments, 
you know, who's starting to stand out to you as a team that's that's really building momentum and getting hot at the right time? Well, I think uh, you know the team that just won here, Alabama, stands out in a in a big way. Just the way that they've been playing here uh, and playing overall over the last few weeks, um, you know, playing themselves into potentially hosting a regional, likely hosting a regional at this point. Uh, that's been really impressive. And then Clemson is, uh, you know, the, the the way that they've played over the last several weeks, really the second half of the season entirely has been uh, has been really really impressive. But from a conference tournament standpoint, I, I think what uh, what Alabama has done has uh, has definitely piqued my interest this week. And then we'll just turn that question around. Who's somebody that you you know you would have thought okay they could make a big statement this postseason, and they are just not at this time of year playing their best baseball. I mean, it's hard to look away from West Virginia, which uh, a week ago was going to to Texas with a chance to. You know, more than a chance to win the Big 12. They uh, they had a two-game lead on Oklahoma State, a three-game lead on Texas. Uh, they end up getting swept in Austin. There's a three-way tie for the Big 12 title. Uh, they get a, a, another chance to to do something this weekend in Arlington, and they go 0-2, and, you know, they're out, and they're going back to Morgantown for now. But it looked like there was going to be a regional in Morgantown. Um, you know, I had a hotel room booked in case I wanted to go there for regionals, and uh, now it does not look like there's going to be a regional in West Virginia. So the they're on a five-game losing streak going into the NCAA tournament, and uh, it's just a, a brutal brutal finish uh, for, for the Mountaineers. Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. So let's turn the page to Southern Miss, who should be starting or should have just started in the Sun Belt tournament. Is it? I've got your projections up right now. You have them as a two in Baton Rouge, do you think that's locked in? Or, or if they win this thing, can they host? And is that the requirement? Do you think they have to win this tournament in order to make that jump into a top 16? Yeah, I, I do think they probably need to win the tournament. Their RPI just is not in an amazing spot right now. It's not a bad spot, but it's not good enough to like really be looking at hosting without winning the tournament. I think they need the help. Uh, that would come from another three or four wins, whatever it would be, for them to, to win the tournament. Um, and I also don't think that they're like fully locked into going to Baton Rouge. You know, there are two regionals in, in Alabama that they could very easily get sent to as well. So they're a little fluid. Um, you know, winning as many games as possible, whether that gets all the way up to hosting or whether that just gets out of Baton Rouge and into Auburn or Alabama. I, I think all of that's helpful for uh, for the Golden Eagles. We opined over this yesterday on the Alabama front. You mentioned them uh, playing their way into a hosting spot. Do you think the uh, the human the humans in the room would, would look at Alabama and say, even though it wasn't the players' fault, it wasn't the current coach's fault, but that was a team that did have to fire their coach in the middle of their season for allegedly being involved in placing a, a bet against his team. Do you think there's any reluctance in that room to reward them with a host knowing that that's what happened to that program earlier this season, even though it was nobody currently there's fault? So a few days ago, I did kind of think that, like, do they really want those kinds of headlines? Because, like, they know what's going to happen. They, again, they're humans in the room. They, they, can under, they can make these connections. They know what's going to happen if Alabama has a regional. Uh, on the other hand, you kind of can't ignore what's happening on the field on some level. Like, if they were borderline still, you might be able to say, like, let's let's not do that. 
but they're becoming less of a borderline case. Uh, I haven't looked to see what happened to their RPI after beating Auburn today, but like they're in the top 10 in RPI effectively. Like they're somewhere around that, that benchmark and they've won now 18 SEC games in total and they've won 40 games overall. Like it's becoming harder to say that it's a borderline case. And then you also look at what happened to them in basketball. Of course, there were plenty of negative headlines there and they could have decided to send them to a different region. And yet they sent them to New York knowing full well, again, what would happen, uh, you know, what kind of story that would be. And they just put it in the, in the media capital of, of America. So I, I think that while it's understandable to, to wonder that, I, I think that if, as long as they're not a borderline case, you don't have to worry about it too much. And, uh, I, I at this point think that Alabama has, has done enough to kind of eliminate that kind of doubt. Teddy, let's stop talking about all these good teams. We'll talk about Mississippi State for a second. A, a big task ahead of, of Chris Lamonis this offseason. Got to really reshape that roster if he wants to have a successful 2024. Starting with the pitching coach, are there any names you've been hearing or any names you think Mississippi State should be looking at to bring in to, to fill that vacation, that, uh, that vacant position? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a it's a tough job uh, in many respects because you you have um, you have a lot of coaches that are going to look at that and say, well, like there's a lot of instability there right now, and you want to leave a stable situation for an unstable situation. Uh, you got to really believe in yourself uh, to do that, or, or really want you know just really want the opportunity to uh, to get an SEC pitching coach job. I do think uh, pro ball might be the way to look here. Uh, there's a lot of advantages uh, to, to bringing a coach in from pro ball um, versus trying to hire away a college coach who's a little more used to some of the stability that the college baseball brings. Um, so I don't have any great names right now. I think that uh, they're still in the process of, of vetting through stuff. Um, I know they want to move quickly, but they they also have to you know go through the right process at this point. And then staying here in the state, you know, Southern Miss made it really easy on themselves. They, they made the move we all thought with Christian Ostrander taking over there. You know, that program has just been so good for so long and so consistent. Is Ostrander a guy that you like to continue that consistency? Yeah, I, I love that hire. Uh, you know, they're, Southern Miss does a great job at, at staying internal uh, a lot of the times anyway. And uh, Oz definitely knows what it takes to win there. He's been a big part of, of everything that they've done. Uh, you know, you look at the success of the pitching staff, and obviously that, that's, uh, that's him to a, a, a huge degree. And I think that he's ready to be a head coach. I, I think that they've, uh, they've really worked to get him ready for that role and that he'll be ready to step in once the season ends and, and keep things rolling there in Hattiesburg. And, um, you know, hopefully he can, uh, you know, take it even to a higher level. I mean, we've seen what he's done with the pitching staff. Uh, so I, I, I have full confidence that, that there, that's going to be a hire that they're going to be very happy to have made, you know, a year, five years, maybe even 10 years down the line. Teddy, we appreciate you stepping away from the action to talk to us. Uh, enjoy your week in Hoover and uh, hopefully we'll actually see you there next year. <laughs> that would be great. Thanks a lot, guys. Teddy Cahill, Baseball America. We'll look at his projections, uh, when we come back. He, he put them out a short little while ago. The this number sixteen seed I am fascinated by. We'll get to some of those. I'm also out on Michael Block. I'm done with Michael Block. I'm out. Oh, that was and, quick. And I will tell you why. And I will play the audio for you why as well. Of course, hundred teams in hundred days. 
whole lot more coming up with you. You want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you. 601 879 4395 is the text line. 601 879 4395. Southern Miss is going to be a little bit delayed. They were supposed to start at four, got a couple of texts. They're not going to be starting at four, which was 15 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting analysis there. It's uh, not going to start 16 minutes ago. Breaking news. Uh, but yeah, the previous game is still on the field. So uh, got to wait a little yeah. bit longer, Golden Eagle fans, for your what team to game? start. Texas State and Georgia State are in the 11th yeah, at, at, at the last look here. Got to win it. We'll see uh, if they can. Look at some regional projections when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. By the way, we're doing 100 teams in 100 days a little bit different this year. So if you're wondering why team number 100 is team number 100. It's not because they are the 100th ranked team in college football. Although we should well, pretend we, yeah, and see what the message boards say. No, we shouldn't because I'll have to be the brunt of that. Yeah, we're going to tell them we're using the Cross Index. It's a random algorithm director developed by Richard Cross to rank the 100 best teams, and somehow Mississippi State was last. Dead last. Guess who's number one? <laughs> Florida no, State, we, I we, we found is... a random... Yes. We found a random number generator, and I mean it is just the stroke of uh, of luck, the luck of the draw, that uh, Mississippi State will be our first team for the 100 teams in 100 days. Good thing we have a resident expert who can talk about that. Yeah, uh, me. I don't have to look too far. What? <laughs> Thunder and lightning. But no. I've taken over that show. Oh boy. I tell you what, you can do tonight's show because I already told Robbie I was like, we got nothing to talk about, buddy. We may not be doing a show. So if you got a topic, bring it. Uh, steal what we're going to do for the college football fix. Just steal that. Who cares? Take I mean, it. I can't just do a, a random Mississippi State football preview. That's every show anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's I've been doing people... that for three, four weeks now. I, I've been doing that basically since the Tennessee series. <laughs> just telling you everything you need to know. Uh, Teddy Cahill's regional projections: Wake Forest, the one; Florida, the two, with Texas or the the number two overall. As a host, right. with Texas Tech, there too. Arkansas hosting as the number three, with Oklahoma State there too, and Arizona State there three. That one sounds fun. He did have Southern Miss and Baton Rouge mention that you know Auburn and Alabama are also possibilities. Uh, Cal State, Fullerton, and Nichols are the other three in that regional. Stanford. Wonder if. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was say, yeah, he's got. You're you're getting through it, but I, I can't help but look at it. You know, he's got Auburn as the 12 and, and, and Alabama as the 14. Alabama just beat and eliminated Auburn from the SEC tournament earlier today. Got to wonder if they're going to switch. Ooh, maybe so. Stanford, the 5. Clemson, the 6 with ECU. Clemson, by the way, one of the I mean, the best turnaround of this season. But, buddy, they are hot right yeah. now. 
Uh, I saw yeah. a a Clemson media outlet say that this was the greatest turnaround in college baseball history, and I, I didn't. I, wow. re, I, I, I restrained myself. I wanted to say, hey guys, I know you're just now paying attention to college baseball, <laughs> <laughs> but no. It's like the Tennessee fans last year that thought that because Tennessee fans cared that suddenly the whole country cares about Tennessee, and that's not the case. Yeah. Um, Vanderbilt, the 7 with Washington and NC State in their regional. That's tough. Virginia, the 8. We've got Coastal Carolina, the 9. Southern Miss, it would go a long way if they can beat Coastal Carolina and win the Sun Belt. Kentucky, the 10. Miami, the 11 with Texas A&M sneaking in there. Although... I guess they're playing their way into it, aren't they? Yeah. Auburn, the 12, as Haydad mentioned. South Carolina, the 13. Alabama, the 14. Boston College, the 15. And Indiana State, Teddy has, uh, as the 16. Hosting Tennessee. So congrats, guys. Historic season. Getting a host site. Here's Tennessee. Yeah. Congrats to yeah. you. That's how it works sometimes. I mean, you just can't help it, you know. That's that's when you're the 16 seed. I mean, by definition, you should get the strongest two. You should, and that's Tennessee right now. Yeah. For uh, for the good news is Tennessee is terrible on the road this year. They have been all year, so it's not like they got to go in there and just you know you think they're going to mow everybody down. They'll probably win it, but they, don't be totally surprised if they don't. I imagine that they would have to play in a different venue than their home ballpark, but uh, but we'll have to see. Yeah. All right. Completely switching gears here because we got a lot of college football coming your way, but I want to get to this because I am I am now officially out on Michael Block, and a lot of people are as well. It's a small clip, and it's not fair, but what I loved about the PGA Championship was how humble he appeared. How he was soaking it all in. How he talked about himself and his position as, you know, like, I I don't belong here. I'm playing with Rory. What? Like, this is crazy. I'm dreaming. Somebody wake me up. And after the PGA Championship, and he finished tied for 15th, getting him that qualifier next year, and then got a couple of invites on tour events, he has done a media blitz where he's been on all the shows around the country, and as he should. Good for him. But he said this on a podcast appearance this week as he sits, by the way, at the Charles Schwab Challenge at three over par, tied for 102nd. He said this this week when he was asked if he, uh, comparing himself to Rory McIlroy in terms of their game. Listen to this. So what's the difference between his game on, would you, I mean, you assume that Rory is a better golfer than you are? He's a lot longer than I am. That's what it is. Okay, so that the, the length is the big thing. Oh, my God. What I would shoot from where Rory hits it would be stupid. I think I'd be one of the best players in the world. How Really? Hands down. Oh, if I had, if I had that stupid length I, all, all day. My, my, my iron game, wedge game, around the greens and my putting is, is, is world class. Okay. Okay. I appreciate confidence. And I, I, I do. But here's the thing. All of that stuff is tracked, right? Like, if you play, you don't even have to play on the PGA Tour. If you play in events that are scored, they track that kind of stuff. 
how good of a putter you are, how many fairways you hit, how, how good you are at saving par if you miss the green. All that stuff is tracked. All of it. It has nothing to do with length. All of it's tracked. He is not, I mean, not anywhere close to being a quote-unquote world-class player from any of those metrics. None of them. In fact, he's kind of bad compared to other professional golfers. And it's, guys like him drive me nuts. Because if you play, you've heard somebody say something like that before. Oh, if I just practiced eight hours a day, I would be just as good as Brooks Kepka. No, you wouldn't. Because there are thousands of dudes out there grinding on these mini tours, trying to find a way to be as good as Brooks Kepka, and guess what? They're not. To, to insinuate that you are equally as good as Rory, multi-major winner Rory McIlroy at everything except for distance is the most arrogant thing I've ever heard. How in just a few days did you go from humble and excited to, I'm just as good as he is, he's just longer than me. What are you talking about? As you sit in 102nd place at the Charles Schwab Challenge at 3 over par through 11 holes. Out on Michael Block. I'm, to- I'm totally out. Because that that the arrogance is astounding. You are not a world-class anything on the golf course. N- none of it. You were a great story. Really fun. Awesome. But world-class? At nothing are you a world-class golfer. Sorry. You're just not. You're a world-class story. Not a world-class player. How he changed right. in just a few days blows my mind. Well, it's it's not that he changed. It's just that you know, in the moment, because if he, you say if you're out, if you act like that around those other guys, they would have probably blown him up. Like, no, we're not going to be having this, you know. So, and especially after Rory spent the more. entire final round of the PGA cheering him on, like, yeah. like being his. Be- I mean, clapped for him when he made the putt on 18 and gave him a big hug and said that was expletive awesome. And then you sit on a podcast, oh, I'm just as good as he is. <laughs> what? Gosh, man, that, that's like saying that that quote for the non-golfer is like somebody saying, if I was six foot eight, I'd be as good as LeBron James. That's what that's saying. If I had more length, yeah. I'd be a world-class player. Well, if I was six foot eight, I'd be LeBron. That's what that's what he's saying. That's exactly what he's saying. There's a lot of I say a lot. There are a lot of people in the world that are six foot eight. None of them are LeBron. There's a reason for that. Anyway, drives me nuts. I loved the story, now I hate it. It's over now, yeah. <laughs> Borky's standing at the Haterade cooler alone. I loved the guy. I just the, the, I hate uh, hearing. I, my guess is if Richard were here, he would be on. He'd be on board with you on this one. I I I can't get fired up enough about a golfer to to to, to have a strong opinion. It's not. A, I do agree with your basic point. Like it's kind of weird that like he's just out of nowhere decided. No, I'm I'm actually you know hot stuff. But when he's uh, played in PJ Tour events before and not played well, yeah. Like, yeah. He's a he's a very objectively great non-touring professional player. He would smoke me if we played against each other. I've just I hey that growing up in in playing 
youth golf and stuff. I've just heard that from so many people. Dads, too. Oh, if I just practice, I would be just as good as them. And that drives me crazy because there are so many people that do and they can't make it. Anyway. 601-879-4395. Hit the ball over the mountains. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, We finally get to start the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. You know what we're not going to do? Waste time. 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, Points of order. Number one, this is 100 teams until September 2nd when our teams start playing. This is actually 93 days away from the start of college football season, but we're only counting our teams here. And also, before I play the fight song, you need to know how this was decided. We took the college football FPI and took the top 100 teams in the FPI. And then Richard had the, the idea that I really liked, actually, because it allows us to start with better teams mixed in with some of the less interesting teams for our countdown. Randomly generated the order. Okay, so this is not the 100th team. This is the 23rd team. But since we're doing it randomly, this is team number 100. Good fight song. Power. It is. It's a quality fight song. Yes, team number 23, but 100 for the sake of the countdown. Just so happens. Not manipulated. We definitely have to give that number. We have to we definitely have to give that the, the actual number yes. of what they would have been. So number 23 in the uh, ESPN football power index is Mississippi. State. Zach Arnett enters the season as the all-time winningest coach in SEC football history by percentage. With a one and tied with Greg Knox, tied with Greg Knox by percentage as the all-time winningest head coach in SEC football history. Brian Haydad, we'll go through the schedule and stuff for a second, but uh, welcome to the countdown and Mississippi State football. Hey, we're here. If only I had. If only I had been talking about it in great detail for the past four or five weeks, I might. I might know something about it. Yeah. I'm kind of where I was a year ago on Mississippi State football. I think they're going to be good. Um, I don't think they're going to be taking a step forward and do you know the the, the nine and three, ten and two range. But nine and th- nine and three is probably the absolute best case scenario. Everything went according to plan. Nobody of any significance got injured. Ceiling. But this is probably once again 
you know, a team that can win eight, you know, seven. If they, if they win seven, I would be a touch disappointed. But at the same time, you know, a first year head coach, it could happen. It could happen. You have eight home games, only the first time in school history that that's ever happened. Um, how, so how did hilarious. that happen? Did something get the screwed Western up? The Western Michigan game, yeah, I, I think State was supposed to go somewhere, and I, I don't know who canceled on them, but they picked up Western Michigan late and got a home game out of it. Who was so, that? Nah, that's going to drive me crazy. Who was that? Who? I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember. Who bailed on them? Either way. Okay, Zach Arnett in technically your, it's your one. Uh, the bowl game only counts for uh, just a, a fun footnote. Has this schedule just opens with Sela, who, by the way, has a daiquiri bar at their baseball games. There's a little nice. side, sidebar for the day. Uh, and then Arizona at home. That's a game that I think a lot of state fans are overlooking. Now, they'll be favored. If you, if you can find an early odd somewhere, Mississippi State will be the favorite team in that game. Arizona got better last year. Returned the pretty athletic right, I got quarterback. I, I found it. I found it. It was supposed to be uh, Tulane, and that game was supposed to. So, if, if I'm reading this right, Tulane would have gotten State and Ole Miss into at Tulane this year, but they altered it, and now that game has been moved to September 11th, 2032. So, if we're still around at that point, if the nuclear missiles haven't gone off. We'll state will go down to Tulane. The SEC will still be around. Will the AAC Tulane's conference yeah, still be around? Knows? That who knows? Who knows? So, but I Arizona. disagree with your point. By the way, I don't think State's overlooking that game. Oh, I, think I don't think knows. the team I mean, is. That was a but t- every fan I interact with you is like, "Oh, that's a W." Uh, I I think it's a W. I, do I think that you know you know you play a, a a mid to lower tier Pac-12 team, an SEC team should beat them, but. I mean, that game was interesting last year. Arizona hung around probably longer than Mississippi State fans would have liked them to. So that in Week 2, then LSU at home in Week 3. If State is... I mean, that environment, that day, should State take care of business against Arizona, will be... When was the last true every-but-in-seat sellout? It's been a, a few years, right? Florida. Florida. Florida, when Mullen came back. So that was five, six years ago, right? Six seasons ago. Be, uh, yeah, six seasons ago, yeah. Wow. I mean, it was a big crowd for the Egg Bowl in 19. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, there was there was 60,000 plus. Big crowd two years ago for the Egg Bowl. But, yeah, a packed house, no tickets available, 2018. That's what that'll be. And I expect it to be that. Yeah. But, man, what an environment that's going to be uh, with LSU coming to town. Then a road trip, an interesting one. At South Carolina in week four, Spencer Rattler, a lot of people are high on him, although uh, not a whole lot of love for the new offensive coordinator hire there at South Carolina. He orchestrated what was called the worst offense in the NFL in recent memory uh, when he was an OC in the league. Things are a little bit different at the college level, but still. Interesting game there, though. Yeah, That's the swing game of the season. Win that, the path to eight is pretty clear. Don't win that, and you're gonna. I mean, you don't have any room for error at that point. You got to beat A and M, Arkansas, and Auburn. Then, such as life in the SEC West, Alabama comes to town after that. What a sandwich, right? LSU South at South Carolina, Alabama. That's fun. So I mean, state in all likelihood is going to be three and two. 
you know, best case scenario at the end of September. Then they'll But from there, they have winnable games. Should get to four with Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, PJ yeah. Flex not there anymore. No more boats being rowed. No. Uh, no. Then, then their bye week, which is a, a very appropriately timed, or not appropriately timed, a welcome timed bye week before you have to go to Fayette. Right in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's also Ole Miss's bye week. Oh, and guess who think- Arkansas has the week before? They're in Alabama? Tuscaloosa when Mississippi yeah, State's comfortably sitting State. at home. You know, State, two years ago at Arkansas, played. Almost well enough to win. Some special special teams cost them that game, but offensively they did enough to win in that game. Um, and you know, last year dominated the Hogs, obviously without KJ Jefferson. But Arkansas's defense was no match for State that day. I mean, that, that'll be an interesting game. That's another that's another swing game for State. That's the problem with State this year is that the swing games are sort of all on the road, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously the old the Egg Bowl is what it is, right? You, you're never going to make a prediction there, but. Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M, and, Ar- and South Carolina. Auburn, I'm sorry, Auburn, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and South Carolina. Those are all games you're like, okay, those are those feel like toss-up games. They're all on the road for Mississippi yeah. State. Yeah, you mentioned Auburn after Arkansas. It's at Auburn, and and you know that is going to be an emotional game for the head coach at Auburn. Yeah. Guess who Auburn's yeah. playing the week before? Ole Miss. LSU. Oh, okay. So you're going to have Hugh, all of Hugh Freeze's back to back emotional weeks, and the fan base is going to be all into it because of the Kiffin deal. Both in all, at Auburn too. That's interesting. Yeah. By the way, love that state has eight home games and couldn't avoid back to back road games. Thanks, Greg. At eight home games, you couldn't somehow square it up to where you didn't have back to back road games. Oh well. And then after Auburn, uh, Kentucky at home in early November. You said South Carolina is a swing game. There's another one. It is. The, the, the good thing is it's at home. And State has this series has been dominated by the home team since uh, 2015. The last time the road team won was 2014 when State, newly ranked number one in the nation, went up there and won. Since then, the home team has won every game. Yeah, for some reason, I, I like Devin Leary a lot. I like him a lot, but they are. I think people are overvaluing Kentucky going into this season. I think that that wasn't a particularly great team last year, as it turns out. And no, I mean, they, they were they were not good at all. I mean, they lost to Vanderbilt State lost to them, but 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 State lost. I mean, I would tell you, State lost to a bad team in that game. Simple as that. We'll do the last three games when we come back for uh, Mississippi State schedule. The first team. On our countdown of 100 teams. David Madison says, I believe Richard designed the algorithm that put State first, so there would be 99 teams to talk about between now and the start of the season. Just put, it, put State in the rearview mirror. I understand. I'd want to, too, if I was Richard and you know, what's coming up for him at the Palmer Home Radiothon. I wouldn't want to talk about Mississippi State either. That is... Is that next month? It's in July. It's in oh that's the week after media July thirteenth oh the week before yeah. me no it's the week before media days week before media days okay oh man oh the the pictures that you're gonna have the the ammunition so much better than it's gonna the, be great the ringing it's gonna be of, great of the cowbell yeah Mississippi State team number might get that too yeah and team number one hundred on our countdown for our countdown of one hundred teams in one hundred days. We'll look at the rest of the schedule, famous alumni, all that good stuff. Your messages when we come back. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Join us, why don't you? The C Spire text line. We'll be right back. 
can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you continuing our first team on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days, Mississippi State, thanks to the algorithm or the uh, random number generator that Richard used. We need to come up with an acronym and what describes the algorithm. I, I will work on that. The, the Sports Talk Mississippi team, I'll figure it out. I'll come up with something. Wait, it can be our own like formula that we we claim yeah. we have exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because nobody knows what S and P plus is. I mean, I, I'm. Do you know what S and P plus means? Nope. Me either. But we just go with it because it's a right. really smart predictive model that does a really good job. But still, we just go with it. So we'll, we'll just go with this one too. Last three games for Mississippi State at Texas A and M after that home. Uh, about with Kentucky. Well, I mean, you know, kind of dominated that series. That guy listening, you think? Well, Billy? I don't know what his name is. That guy? Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, Will? Yeah, the guy that obsessively DMs me still to this day? Yeah. Yes, I want to get him to do that today. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. That, that late in the season, you know, it's going to be who's healthier. It'll be a tough game. I, I like State to win it. As we sit here today in you know May, we'll see how that marriage is with Bobby Petrino. I'm I'm just I'm not convinced that that's going to go well, but uh, by then we will know if it's going well or not. Southern Miss the Saturday before the Egg Bowl. Southern Miss coming to Starkville Saturday before yeah. the Egg Bowl. Uh yeah, and we talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, Southern is going to be motivated. They'll, they'll I'm sure they'll play well, but at the end of the day. You know, just take the, the the helmets off and just say this is SEC team versus Sunbelt team. I expect that game to go in that direction. Dan Heisberg says we should call it the random dork in a truck algorithm. The R-D-I-A-T. And we got, we, I'm trying to make it into a word, though. I want to have something that we can, like, we call it like the, you know, I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Give me a day. We get the state hater generator. <laughs> that's good that's actually good that's pretty good and then of course finally the uh, the egg bowl on thanksgiving night yes. as we learned apparently today that the game will be on thanksgiving <laughs> had no idea until this moment in time that that game was going to be played on thanksgiving yeah you know kiffin's uh second trip to uh to starkville arnett's first uh, egg bowl in charge that's a coach who I think you don't have to worry about him. I will say this: the kinder, gentler Egg Bowl we've kind of we kind of enjoyed with with Leach and Kiffin being buddy buddy. That's over. Arnett not going to have any time for Kiffin, I don't think. It doesn't seem like he's got any time for being friends with other coaches in general. I don't know if it's an anti-Kiffin thing. Right, yeah. much of... I'm, I'm sure he's got respect. Yeah, but I, I don't think you, I don't think you're going to see him hamming it up with with too many guys. No, probably not. But. Uh, that will be, by the way, Ole Miss's first trip back to Starkville after Lane Kiffin uh, used the F word on live radio at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. It did happen. Ask Richard Cross. Oh, man. I got a text about that. I texted Richard. All he said back was, yep, with a laughing emoji. Uh, good yeah. times there. Okay, famous alumni. We do this with all the schools. Mississippi State, we know the sports guys. What What's the... The prized non-sports 
famous alumni. Ah, I'll give State. you I'll give you four. Uh, current sitting U.S. Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn. Forgot about uh, that. Out of Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Rafael Calhelis, the former president of the country of Honduras. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Former president of Honduras. So the for, uh, the the president of Honduras, former president of Honduras, attended yes. Mississippi State for college. Yes. Why? He was in agriculture. I don't know. Oh, I mean, there, I, there are a lot of, of, of I, mean, I just I'm wondering why of like a, kids from all over the world attended Mississippi State this year. This one just happened to grow up to be the president be the of Honduras. President. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder if he did a good uh, job. Obviously, we'll go with John Grisham. You know, I know Ole Miss will claim him as well, but we'll, we'll give him you know to Mississippi State at this time. Well, he attended for me, both, the, the, right? That's a dual. That's true. Them. Yeah, yeah. He dual citizenship. And of course, for me, number one is going to be Jerry Clower, the the great country comedian, one of our great ambassadors for the state of Mississippi. Uh, I love Jerry Clower. If you, if you don't like Jerry Clower, you and I could never be totally be friends. So Jerry Clower. There you go. Born in Liberty, Mississippi. Do you know where Liberty, Mississippi is? I don't. I'm not, I'm not putting you on the spot. It's, 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 it's just, I think, I believe it's south of Yazoo City. It's where Gabe Jackson is from. It's west of Macomb. So you take 48 out of Macomb, drive a little bit, and you get to, to okay. Liberty. I always thought he talked about being in Yazoo. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I know where Liberty is. I did not. You learned something new Maybe that's just part of the act. I don't know. Yeah. Mississippi State, team number 23 on our countdown of 100 teams it, yeah. in 100 One more days. real quick. Didn't gra- didn't graduate, but the gangster Machine Gun Kelly, not the rapper, the gangster Machine Gun Kelly attended State for two years. That's an alum. That counts. But do you want that to count? Well, then we'll take him. Well, no, no, we'll take him. Sure, why not? There's another Machine Gun Kelly that uh, went to a different school inside of the State. Not, not him. Not, not him. him. Different one. Yeah. College football fix. We'll stick on this topic, or at least kind of. When we come back for the college football fix, we're going to talk most difficult games, but with a qualifier on Ole Miss and Mississippi State schedule. Sports Talk Mississippi. Two hours in the books. College football fix is next. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Apologize to you. I confused you earlier. So, so Jerry was born in Liberty, but he talked about Yazoo yes. so much. As we've, we appreciate all of you listening. Uh, he worked. He worked in Yazoo. Worked in before he became a famous guy. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, would, I knew he was from Liberty, though. Yeah. I, I would uh, thank each one of you, but it would take a while. So we appreciate you being That's a like part of the show. Of you, yeah. yeah. And uh, this shows you how beloved Jerry Clara was in this state. I mean, everybody, everybody of a certain age loves Jerry Clower. So, and if, if you don't know Jerry Clower, there's you find his stuff on YouTube. It's it's worth yeah. a sit down and listen to for a few minutes. It's just so funny. So, if you like good old down home country humor, yeah, can't beat it. Yeah, he passed in '98, 
So I, I was I was yeah. six when when he passed, and I've lived in Mississippi for thirteen years. So it's been quite some time. I mean, he, he passed what yeah. twelve years ago? Or he was twelve years past yeah. before I moved to Mississippi. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah, he's passed ninety eight, so it's almost going on twenty five years. And, and I've I, I mean, almost right away, people made reference to him. I, mean, I, I hear that all the yeah. time, and he's been gone for quite some time. So anyway, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Dwayne says no Tina Turner. Yeah, we had some yesterday, but uh, no, not today. Yeah, Tina Turner passed. I guess it was yesterday, early yesterday. Yeah, yeah. icon. In, that's a big one in music. I'm still just not looking forward to the day where where we lose Robert Plant or Jimmy Page. That that'll be a hard day for All me. Those days are coming. Celebrity deaths coming. don't get me, but those will get me. I mean, that like got me through high school. Anyway, but you're not here to talk about music and that. We're here to talk about college football. We'll do that right now for the college football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. I don't know what Richard's doing today. He said the wife and kids are off doing something. He's probably cruising around town in his F-150, hopefully not getting water balloons thrown at him this time. He loves that truck, though. It's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. Spend your weekend, since you're not watching baseball, test-driving an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, I was thinking about this earlier, knowing that we were going to do Mississippi State for the 100 teams in 100 days countdown. We'll look at, we look at schedules all the time. It's kind of the thing you do when you're 100 days away from the start of college football season. we got to fill those days somehow, so schedules are always popular. But let's put a little twist on it. The most difficult game on Mississippi State, on Ole Miss's schedule, with a qualifier. Alabama and LSU don't count. And for Ole Miss, take Georgia out as well. So, no Alabama, no LSU, no Georgia. Absent those, what would you consider the most difficult game on Mississippi State's schedule? (sighs) That's tough. I would probably say... At Texas A&M, as we sit here, as we sit here today, you know, and, and uh, you know the Egg Bowl is, is what it is, right? I mean, that's always going to be a super tough game. So, if, but if we're just talking about you know everything, taking everything into consideration, being on the road against a you know you know that's a talented A&M football team. They have more talent than Mississippi State. The problem is they play terribly and they're poorly coached. But if they put it together, that's a team that can challenge in the SEC West. So, I mean, and they get to late November, they may have figured some things out, or mid-November, whenever that game is. Yeah, so, so to me, Texas A&M is the correct answer for that one. I think you could make an argument for South Carolina considering where it's on the schedule. I think having to play LSU before you go to Columbia is tougher than having to play Kentucky before you go to College Station. It just... You know, semantics. But yeah, that there are so many people that are so high on Texas A&M, and I, I get, I get the talent. I do, I get it. They've got talent, despite the assertions of the people at Texags. They paid for a roster that is filled with talent, as they should have. It's legal. <laughs> I saw that exchange. Jeez, man. I, I talked about it on the show yesterday you on, did? on Thunder and Lightning. I, I, yeah, I said, because I, I talked about you, you were talking about Billy Lucci knowing about Ole Miss's NIL. And you've got some people 
talking about Mississippi State's NIL, and I say the comment, I was like, nobody knows more about NIL than your rivals' fans. Uh, yeah, you know, state fans are like, man, you know, you talk to Charlie, and he keeps it pretty, uh, pretty close to the vest. And then you talk to an Ole Miss fan. State has exactly this much. This is exactly the amount that they have. No, no, not a penny more. It's like, how do you know? Yeah, Bill. If you don't know who we're talking about, the guy that runs Texags now uh, said yesterday that Ole Miss was broke when it comes to NIL, and also that Texas A&M didn't pay for that famous best recruiting class of all time. Um, I am Ole Miss is decidedly not broke when it comes to NIL. Do they have as much money as some of the bigger collectives out there? Well, of course not. But they are well-organized and well-funded compared to people on, especially compared to people on their quote-unquote tier in college football. So I can't believe I engaged with it, but yeah, no, decidedly not broke at all. Anyway, um, on Ole Miss's schedule, taking out those three, so you only have nine games to work with, but removing Georgia, Alabama, LSU, what is the most difficult game on this schedule? Again, I, I want to take the Egg Bowl out of consideration. <sighs> I, th- I think it's Auburn. Even though you're coming off of a bye week before you go there. Yeah. I think it's Auburn. Yeah, it, 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 with Freeze, Freeze is going to have his team motivated to win that football game. I cannot wait for that game. I really can't. I the, just sometimes you get big games where the game is the story. This game, of course, is one when you've got two SEC West teams playing against each other. But there is so much more to that one than this because you said Freeze is going to be motivated and you know broken clock. I say this all the time, mm-hmm. or a broken record, I should say, not broken clock, broken record. Hugh Freeze is going to be deeply motivated to win that game, despite Ole Miss's every effort to protect him from himself. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it redact his phone calls. (laughs) All right. But Lane Kiffin is also, I assume, going to be deeply motivated to win that game as well. Validation and all that, of course. And I'm talking about extra. Of course, they want to win every game they play. I mean, come on. But there's a little bit of extra juice in this one, I think, from both sides, though. I mean, whether it's right or wrong, it feels like Lane Kiffin blames people at Auburn for making that situation as uncomfortable as it got. Blames them for it. Blames people at Auburn for John Sokolov breaking the news that ended up being a little too strong in terms of absolutes. So there's, it's two sides here. It's going to be an emotional game. And then you've got two SEC West teams going at it at Jordan Hare that's going to be packed and loud and crazy. It's hard to beat that in terms of emotion. It's just hard. Mike says Richard's is uh, Richard is sitting at Funky's watching baseball. I, you know, of all the things that he could be spending his day off doing, watching the SEC tournament is one of the first things I would guess that he was doing with a full day off. Yeah, without Ole Miss yeah. playing, without fa- family's playing. still out of town too, right? Yeah. 
He's probably sipping on a Basil Hayden watching who's playing right now? I don't know. I don't know either. I think it's LSU, it's right? Skeens is pitching right now, I think. Yeah, it's LSU Arkansas. So it's actually a good game. It's it's Skeens versus Hayden Smith. It's really good pitching. He is one hundred percent he's got a glass of bourbon in one hand. And like I I don't know what his favorite snack is. Let's just call it popcorn. Popcorn in the other hand. And he's watching the SEC baseball tournament right now. That's what he's doing. Oh, if he's at Funky's, he ordered a pizza. I bet pizza he's at Funky's home. pretty good. So you don't have to worry about be. getting home. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Jeff and Carrollton asked a follow-up on Mississippi State. What uh, game in which Mississippi State is the expected underdog do you most likely think they'll upset? To me, on the state schedule, there, there's only two games where I'm like, I know right now that state's going to be the underdog, and that's LSU and Alabama. So I would have to say LSU by default. And at the end of the day, that series has been a lot more competitive over the last decade than it was the previous two decades. You know, so I mean, state the last time they had LSU in town, they they, beat, they lost to them by three. Um, you know, they 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 they, they can they could. The Tigers aren't so unbeatable that they couldn't come to state, play poorly, and walk out a loser. But I would definitely think LSU's a touchdown-plus favorite right this Mm. second. Maybe even uh, two scores. I think there's a chance that they're a dog at Texas A&M, and until A&M proves that they can beat the Mississippi schools, I'm not going to expect them to. So, yeah, sorry, Billy. We'll be right back. That was your college football fixture of my Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Text us, 601-879-4395 on the ceasefire text line. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Some of your texts on the C-Spire text line. We get this one. This Southern Miss fan is really looking forward to going back to state. You know, I am, we've talked about whether or not Ole Miss should play Southern Miss and, and because they don't and they won't moving forward. It, they're, they're just not going to. Never will. Have made my thoughts on that known. Don't need to rehash that. I am, though, looking forward to that game as opposed to playing Georgia State out of the same conference. It's more interesting. Yeah. It is. It's fun. Thanks back to being a kid. You know, yeah. Those two teams played every year in Jackson. Went saw, saw a lot of those games. Didn't see a lot of state wins, to be honest with you. Yeah, CC asked, so why won't Ole Miss do that? They just don't want to. They, they just they, they, they Current leadership does not feel it necessary. And you can debate the merits of that or not. If you'd like, we've done it. I don't feel like doing it again today. They just they don't find it necessary. They don't think they need to. Um, and they're not going to. It's just really that simple. Get another message. Kiffin is going to be motivated to win against AM for that job opening at the end of the year. So th- there's so much money at Texas AM, it's not even funny. The worst imaginable fit 
in college football, seriously, I think in all of college football, maybe you know Rick Pitino to BYU would probably be a worse fit. Although he just got hired <laughs> by a Catholic school, so um, well, he is Catholic, right? But you know, by definition, by definition, yeah. But, but that fit would be the worst head coach and institutional fit in all of college football. I cannot find a more polar opposite coach and institution than Lane Kiffin and Texas A&M. I I can't imagine a worse fit. It just wouldn't work. He wouldn't do any of that weird, goofy crap that they do over there that they love so much. He wouldn't do any of it. Wouldn't do it. And he would drive them insane because he would not do it. And that's like a requirement there. You've got Ed. That's a different place, man. But they are rich. And yeah. so their candidate pool will be a great one because they're rich. If they're willing to pay a $70 million buyout, there's going to be a lot of coaches lining up for that job. I just could not imagine a worse fit for that job than, than him. Really couldn't. But we'll see. I would be more interested in Florida. And what Florida does than Texas A&M personally. Who has a better chance at beating Auburn, Mississippi State, or Ole Miss? We get that from uh, the 864 area code. Does live in Mississippi, though. It's a good question. I mean, both games are on the road. Both teams beat Auburn a season ago. State got to, had to play them once they got rid of Brian Harson, And, you know, they had the, the Cadillac motivation thing going there. Um, I got lucky to win, to be totally honest with you. Um Ole Miss, even with Harson there, struggled against Auburn and ended up, you know, they won, they won, they, they won by two touchdowns, but that game was a lot more interesting than the final score, I bet you believe. Um, my, 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 my first thought is, is, is probably state, just because I think state's better defensively and on the road. If you're good defensively, you're halfway there. You know, I have so many questions about the Ole Miss defense, but at the same time, Ole Miss is going to put points on the board, and they've got, you know, they got a great running game they know they can rely on, help quiet the crowd. So, I'd say state, but it's close. And Auburn is in Baton Rouge a week before the Ole Miss game. What a stretch yeah. that is for Hugh Freeze. I mean, you, you got to go to Baton Rouge, the, and then the Ole Miss, tour. and then Mississippi State in consecutive weeks. Good lord! It's like the end of the Godfather. He's going to take out all. He's going to handle all family business in one in three weekends. Uh, somebody listened to the show yesterday. Said Richard's probably off eating an apple. <laughs> in in your defense, when I recommended Richard eat an apple, his face was of utter disgust. So yeah. so he's making fun of you for not wanting to eat apples. But when I when Richard was like, "Where should I go? This anyway, an apple gigantic breakfast place or this gigantic breakfast place?" And I said, "You should eat an apple instead." He like yeah. wanted to punch me through the phone. I'll put my cholesterol up against his any day. <laughs> Richard's at home playing Twister by himself. <laughs> Uh, and no, you got you to finish it, finish it, and quietly and laughing. Quietly laughing. Like, yeah. Oh, 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 oh red, red left arm, red. You got me again. Uh, does Ole Miss have enough plug and play new players and experienced old players to take a step forward this year? Here's the interesting thing about Ole Miss: they could be a better team and have the identical record uh, because Georgia is in Kentucky. Um, yeah, they, they had a good week in the portal last week. Because they needed defensive line help in the worst way. 
And they added a couple of guys. We talked about it last week, but years of experience now have been added to the defensive line. One guy, uh, Stephon Wynn, who transferred from Nebraska, he was just at Nebraska for a year, was at Alabama with Golding for four years. So it's a guy that has recorded stats for five seasons of Division I college football as a defensive tackle. They added Isaac Ukwu from James Madison, a guy that uh, Auburn really wanted. He was first team all Sunbelt last year. Had some love on some All-American teams uh, as a, a defensive end, more like a jack linebacker. So he's going to he's not going to have, you know, two hands in the dirt, but he's going to be like a stand-up rush end. Uh, that was a big pickup as well. And so now when you look at Ole Miss's first eight, it's a, a ton of experience. Now, I don't know how much high-end talent they have now on the defensive line, but they are eight deep in terms of guys that have played a lot of college football with Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey and Pegues and Harris, which I think will be the starters. Depending Anyway, but those four guys, and then you added a five-year guy from James Madison, a five-year guy from Nebraska. You added a, a multi-year guy from Georgia Tech, and then Jamon Gordon there, who's been with Ole Miss and, and played last year, you feel better, or you should anyway, about the defensive line adding three transfers very recently within the last two weeks because they needed that desperately. How good are they? We'll still have to see. But at least you know that you've got guys that have played a lot of football at the Division I level added to that room because they needed that. That's where all my questions are for Ole Miss. You know, I I know... Kiffin will get that offense going right. I mean, they have questions at receiver. You know, this time last year, you know, Mingo and Heath. At least you knew you had two SEC proven receivers there. Uh, this year, I mean, those you know, you've got some guys who've played, but they don't have the same pedigree as those two guys did. But defensively, I mean, it's just it's just that simple. Are they going to be better? If the answer is no, then they're going to go seven and five, and that's going to be what they are. But if they are better with that offense, they can win eight. They can win yeah. nine. It's just, it's just that simple. And the good news is, I feel like I'll know pretty early. Say so Georgia Tech and, and Tulane are the kind of teams that they're not SEC teams, but if you can't stop them, well, then I know that you can't stop anybody else. Especially with Michael Pratt at Tulane. Yeah, I know they lost yes. a bunch of pieces, but if he starts lighting put, you up, they'll then... put some offense up. You got you got issues. Yeah. Somebody says saw Ray guy punt a 92 yarder against Ole Miss in Jackson. Dan Mullen it. to Texas A and M is a, another. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't. You know, you're supposed to get a kiss after every touchdown. Uh, Megan would have to kiss every player on the team. Put your mortgage on whoever faces Auburn after those two games. Uh, it's Vanderbilt I mean, at Vanderbilt. Put the mortgage no, on the door. Never mind. Gosh. Hey, Clark you know, Lee snuck up and beat could, two teams last year. It could happen. It could happen. Oh, but the, you know, that would be the. Very typical Hugh Freeze loss, though. He would go, he would go to Baton Rouge and win that game, and then a few weeks later lose to Vanderbilt. That that is very Hugh Freeze. The year they beat Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Arkansas, they lost to Memphis. the The Sugar Bowl team lost to Memphis. Remember Robert Kimdichie at running back. Great idea. Yeah. So well, that's very Hugh Freeze to somehow get through LSU State and Ole Miss and then drop one to Vandy. That would be very Hugh Freeze. I don't think he'll get through those three teams though. Could very easily go zero and three. 
Jerry says Kiffin will do whatever AM tells him to do for enough money. Jerry, I'm telling you, buddy, he, he, no. No. He wouldn't. Nah, because he's got enough money. He's already making nine Kiffin, mil. Kiffin's not poor. Yeah. And he's he's sitting on a ton of money. He's fine. Let's just say he's got a he does absolutely have a mind of his own. <laughs> he's got already. And Ross Bjork certainly would not tell him what to do. Hey, hey, Lane, you're going to put on these boots and this hat and start talking about how great your new ranch is. Uh, no, I'm not. Hey, Lane, you got to go play at this golf event in June out in the the Highlands or whatever. Yeah. No, no. I'm not. Nope. That's what I'm fishing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be in Los Angeles, Ross. See ya. Yeah, no, they won't put up with that. At least I don't think so. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. More of your messages when we come back. This is good stuff on a uh, random May Thursday afternoon. A lot of college football. You love to hear it. We'll be back. This this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on supertalk.fm the Supertalk Mississippi app and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station Premier Collegiate Woodbat League in the South as the Cotton States Baseball League will be hosting their 15th season with games at BNA Park this June and July. College players from Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are already committed for this season. If you want to be a part or you know somebody that should or want to be a part of this, send your application to cottonstatesleague.com no later than now. Got to do it right now. Richard sent me an old live read. This is an old date. Do it now. <laughs> even when he's he not here, Tuesday. he's screw- even he when he's not here, Tuesday. he's screwing us up. Can you believe this? <laughs> he still thinks it's Tuesday. He does. Unbelievable. <laughs> ConstaceBaseballLeague.com. Follow him on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media outlets. Thanks Ooh. a lot, Richard. Love you, buddy. Uh, he thought it was Tuesday. Still, is it not still Tuesday? It's uh, it's not still welcome Tuesday. Back. Well, welcome back. Oh. Welcome back. Oh my gosh. Oh. That's so funny. Got Michael Borky's brand. Yeah. yeah. So they're missed. Thursday. At zero after one, the game finally got underway. Uh, one inning complete. An hour and a half after they were supposed to start today. That's okay. Playing Troy right now. If they're going to host, they got to win this one. By the way, some of fans. Seemed unanimous with the uh, the question and the conversation we had yesterday with, do you play? Do you pitch Tanner Hall again in the Sun Belt Championship? Should you get there? I didn't see a single person say no. You shouldn't do it. So uh, that was a fun conversation. Good online discourse. Appreciate you guys checking that out. If you miss any of this show, you should listen to the podcast. Sports Talk Mississippi, wherever you get your podcast. If you have a C Spire phone, or if you unfortunately don't have a C Spire phone, you have an, uh, a podcast app on it. They come with them. 
Pull out your favorite podcast app, search Sports Talk Mississippi, and subscribe to the podcast. You never miss a minute of the show. About 20 minutes or so it takes to, to upload the show after it's over. Uh, commercial free for you. Uh, every minute, though, of our conversation, every day. And it's ad free. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's about. You can't beat that. Can't beat it. Also, if you just want Mississippi State conversation, Thunder and Lightning on those same podcast apps hosted by Brian Haydad. We also have the Rebel Report if you're looking for just Ole Miss conversation. That's all right. You take a day off every now and then. You can catch up on the old ones. And also the Eagle Hour is available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Michael Block, by the way, is now 9 over playing the 17th hole. Uh, World-class player, though, on par with Rory. Uh, That's for sure. Mike says, by the way, Ole Miss and Southern Miss are playing basketball in Biloxi in December. Good for the Coast people getting the... uh, uh, Oh, I wasn't here. That's right, you weren't there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's happening. I didn't know that. that. Mike informed me of that right now. Good. Ole Miss finally reaching down to the Coast. Needs to happen more. does, I agree. Did you guys talk about the Tadpad throwback game? What? They're going to play a game... In Tad Smith Coliseum this year. I hope it rains. You gotta check the weather first. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Maybe y'all covered this, we get asked, but would it be better in theory for Southern Miss to not host, avoiding a super with Wake Forest? Eh. I mean, I would say no, you wanna host. You take your chances on when you get to the supers. Yeah. Especially with Tanner Hall, man. I mean, just, if because you're not you're not hosting the super either way. You're going to go on the road for the super either way, right? If so. everything goes to chalk anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to host because super regional, you only have to win two games, right? That's it. Win two games, and there are there are guys that you will face that can do what Tanner Hall does, and some of them a little bit better, like if. If you get paired up with Baton Rouge as a super regional, but uh, you know Paul Skeens going in game one is the best pitcher yeah. in America. But there are very few teams that you would face off in a super that could throw the quality guy that that you're going to be able to throw. So even if you get paired up with Wake Forest, so what? You've got Tanner Hall in game one, and, and even though it's what right now seems to be the best team in college baseball. Win your home games, host your regional, fill up the Pete, send Scott Barry off with a regional win, dogpiling on that mound one final time, and then bring Tanner Hall to, to Winston-Salem and give him your best shot. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine a better scenario than that. I agree. Looking forward to that. Hope it happens. Really do. Hope uh, hope that it happens. Um, we talked about Thanksgiving Egg Bowls earlier today. We did. And that apparently is new. Talked about that, joked about it. (laughs) Ole Miss and Mississippi State are still playing in the home stadiums, though, even though it might be cold in November. You guys know how sometimes Big Ten teams like to pretend that they're tougher? That's what people say, that they're tougher because they play in the weather and that they haven't had success in the college football playoff or the big bowl games because those are all played inside of domes and inside of warm weather. I don't want to hear that ever again, and here's why. 
Penn State, Michigan State, uh, as, as we talked about earlier this week, uh, the Big Ten's TV deal is going to require them to play night games in November, late November. They didn't want to do that. They don't want to do that because of weather. They'd rather play when the sun's up as opposed to possibly playing in games that are 12 degrees. But the new TV deal is telling them, uh, if we're going to pay you $50 million, you're going to play at night. You've got lights. You're going to play. It's the deal. Michigan State and Penn State really don't want to play outside, though. So much so that their game this year will not be played in a home stadium. And I imagine this is going to be the thing that they do moving forward. They're playing in Detroit at Ford Field instead of playing their last home game of the year, their last game of the year in their home stadium because the game's going to be at night. And oh my gosh, it might be cold. Or God forbid it snows. Michigan State fans are in uproar about this. Are Never they? mind that, you know, it, yes, because season ticket, season ticket packages have already been sold. Oh. So people are asking, are we getting a refund or are we getting, do, will you honor our ticket with a ticket to this game? How is that going to work? Otherwise, it looks like you paid for seven home games, but you're only going to get six. And also, you know, it's senior day on top of that. Imagine you know, senior day and not at your stadium. That's no fun. But I mean, that's a legit gripe if you're a Michigan State fan. If you paid for your season tickets and you, I mean, you're a, you know, you donate to the Spartan Club or, or whatever it is, the 300. I don't know what they call it. But the 300 and, and you, Club would you, be a you, great idea, though. Be a fantastic name for the Michigan State team. But if you pay all that and then they're going to, oh, we're just taking a home game away, that's, that's, that's dirty pool, is what that is. And that's that's people are people are right to be upset if that's the case. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, "Well, no, because your ticket is now valid for that game in Detroit." If, if if that's the case, that's fine. If they're going to, but if they're saying, "No, you have to buy another ticket for this game," then that's a, that's an issue. I know Michigan State, Penn State's not the same thing, but could you imagine if right now you got the press release oh. that the Egg Bowl is going to be played in the Superdome? People be especially on Thanksgiving, they would lose it. I mean, the outrage. Because you already have there. to travel for Thanksgiving, and now you're going to have to travel to, to the game now. That that's where I would be like, okay, no, that doesn't work for me. No. And we don't really have a dome here, so I can't can't use a more local example. But I mean, if it, if it was just well, Jackson, that's the best your best chance. So. If if Mississippi State yeah. fans today found out, actually, it's not going to be at home this year. Right right now, if the release came out today, nah, going to play in Jackson instead. It'd be outraged. And they'd be right to do so. Yeah. They would be right to do so. I wish I could have been to one of those games, though, with the, the, the stadium divided 50-50, Ole Miss and yeah. State fans. I, I went to quite a few of them. that scene. I uh, never got to enjoy a victory, but I enjoyed you the You never saw a Jackson win? No. State, in my life, I mean, in the time, I, my first game was in 81. That's my first ever Mississippi State game. I went to the Egg Bowl in 85, 88, 89, and 90 in Jackson. And State didn't win any of those. I didn't see State win a game live until 1990. I was 15. My wow. dad and I would always, we always just pick the wrong games. <laughs> we go see State lose. You know what people call that? Unlucky. And a jinx. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really was. I remember, I always tell this story, but. Yeah, state my state in Rocky Felker's first year. They started off six and one. They were ranked number twelve in the country, um, and then their last four games were Auburn, Alabama, 
uh, LSU and Ole Miss, and they lost them by a combined score. And I'm not really exaggerating. I don't have the correct math, but they lost them by a combined score of like 150 to 6. And my grandfather went to the LSU game in Jackson with us. Had never been with us before, me and my dad. And we watched that game, and State lost 44 nothing. And we sat behind two of the two or in front of two of the most obnoxious LSU fans you'll ever meet in your life. And I just remember at one point in the fourth quarter, my grandfather, grandfather had a stroke, so he didn't talk really great. He just looked right at me and looked. He said, "Never again, <laughs> never again," and he never went back. <laughs> oh man! One more segment with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get those early sports memories. We get this message here. Great story about your grandfather. Hey, Dad. Thanks for an always entertaining show, gentlemen. Glad that you are with us, my friend. Get another one. My first college football game I went to was when State beat Bama in Jackson. I was 14. Yeah, Dad couldn't pick that one for me. I would have only been four, but still. My first my first game was for a long time the high, most highly attended game in the state of Mississippi. Mississippi State versus Southern Miss. In 1981, both teams, I think, were ranked in the top 15. Uh, and State, Southern didn't cross the 50 on offense all day. Ooh. And State lost 7-6. to six. <laughs> What a punt return. Oh, man. Reggie Collier versus John Bond. What a game. Could you imagine going back to that kind of football after seeing what we've seen? Yeah, it's, you know, when you see a defensive game nowadays, it's so weird, right? When you see a game that finishes like 13 to 10, yeah. you, know, you just automatically assume the weather must have been really bad or there were just a ton of turnovers. Yeah, bad game. There's just no other way. Yeah. And I mean, back in those, I mean, there's some classic games. There were 17, 13, 14, 10, things like yeah. that. Just, that's just how f- football was because you ran the ball. I mean, that Alabama game that everybody mentions, what was that? Six to nothing? Six to three. Six to Six three. To three. And people, and I promise it'll get brought up this summer because I'm sure at some point we'll start doing those kind of games and we'll get dozens yeah. of texts from state fans. That was their favorite game or that was their favorite memory, and it was six to three. I mean, you know, four hundred and fifty thousand people attended that game, give or take. That game's like catching a fish. The, the yeah, longer it's, it's been, the, the bigger. Further it got. away from it, we get. The more people have attended it. I did not attend it. I'll be the first to tell you. Oh, you, you I get, was not there. It's early, but you get the same thing with the national championship wins. Yeah. 150,000 state and Ole Miss fans were in Omaha that day when they won the championship. There, there were literally only USM fans working in the state of Mississippi yes. on either one of those days. Because all the state fans were at church with Ole Miss and the other way around. It's like, please, no, please. Speaking of, Troy's got a one to nothing lead over uh, over Southern Miss uh, right now in the third. Well, so still well early, now. but we uh, we'll see. They need to they need to win that game. We also got the message earlier asking if we would start Tanner Hall opposite Skeens in a 
scenario in which the two face each other in a Super Regional? Well, that would be Game 2. And so you would have to, yes, you absolutely would. I mean, you can't. Well, what about a Super? You can't, what are you going to hold him for? Oh, and a Super? Yeah. Yes, you got, yeah, you got to go, you got to go, yeah, you got to match there. You can't concede yeah. a game, which is what that would be essentially. Because if you win, you're, you've gotten it. You're going to win. Yeah. What year was the blowback game? I, that was before I was born. 83. Were Wasn't that that one, thankfully. No, thankfully not. Probably would have given up on, on religion at an early age if I had witnessed that. Yeah, there are a lot of sporting events that cause people to question their religious affiliation. And mm-hmm. I'm sure like, after a few hours, that dies down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that after might not be that one, one After an act of nature cost your team a game, that's one where you, you could be you could be forgiven if you went to church the next day and you were like, why? Yeah, hey. What did I do? I tithe. I'm a good person. I come to church every week, and this is how you've repaid me, with treachery. You, you just you, you tune the preacher out. You just put your hands together and, and why? Why? Well, I'm telling you right now, when when Kelly flung that pass down the field, and uh, oh, who was it that caught it? Adebojo. Oh, Adebojo caught that pass at Alabama. I, I was just like, there is no God. Like, I can't. I can't believe that that just happened in this world where the wicked prosper. I was so, I was so mad. I was so angry. <laughs> I called a friend. I was like, "That's it. I'm never going to church again. I can't. What's the point?" Uh, there's not one, I guess. Uh, not yeah. after that. Uh, oh goodness gracious! Paul Skeen's got chased, by the way, in the fourth Ooh. by Arkansas. That's well. I mean, Uh-oh. LSU doesn't care though. They don't no. care. They, they, LSU would be happy to get out of there. He'll be fine next week. At least you think so. Yeah. I don't know if that. Yeah. Team I mean, Arkansas is a good fine, team. Though. It's Ar- Arkansas's good. They're not going to be playing Arkansas. You would talk about return on investment, though. Oh boy. Get this message. My first Ole Miss game was uh, the 1996 homecoming game in Oxford. Spurrier was quarterback, punter, and kicker. Florida won 17 to nothing. Ticket was five dollars. Wow. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Although, hey. With Mercer and Selaw opening the seasons, you might be able to get in for five bucks. You can get five dollar tickets. You can easily get five dollar tickets. You won't be able to see the future. Well, maybe in Oxford you might see the future Heisman Trophy winner. Hey, don't 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 diss on Chris Parson like that. Appreciate you guys being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, talking more SEC tournament, talking hopefully a Southern Miss win, and more. With you for Richard another hundred team, hundred days, another hundred team, team number ninety nine. Food Friday, good stuff coming your way tomorrow. We'll see oh, you then right. tomorrow at three. Y'all have a good night. Oh, it's incredible! Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. 
MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.